Okay, how's everyone today? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. Um, I guess I'll let everyone just do like their introductions and stuff like that and then I can, I can go. Um, oh, you can start. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, let, I think Dami can go. Okay, hi. Um, my I go by Naira Kitty on the internet right now, currently. Um, I am a uh, sex worker, I guess. It is something that I just started doing um, officially, I think, but I think probably in different times of my life, I've probably engaged in a level of that. Um, yeah, I'm a content creator, sex worker, creative, makeup artist, dancer. Ooh, okay. The whole, hey, the whole shebang. Love that. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm here to, you know, talk, discuss. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Uche. Most people know me as Uchenelo. I'm the executive director of the Consent Workshop which is a nonprofit that offers consent education, um, resources, as well as um, policy support, advocacy um, in the sexual rights, reproductive rights field. Um, I'm really passionate about women and just making sure that our voices are heard, particularly in the issues of abuse. Um, I wanna say welcome to like the first edition of this collaboration between me and Awela. I'm so excited and pretty much we get to discuss, you know, just a bunch of issues surrounding consent and obviously very excited to have Naira Kitty on here today. So yeah. Welcome, welcome everyone. And as you guys know, I'm your host, Awale OT. And for the next few weeks, uh, or next few episodes, I'm going to be dropping. It's going to be a collaboration with the Consent Workshop. Um, if there's so many things that I'm passionate about is women and it's consent and it's conversations that surround like the areas of like um, sex and sexual abuse. And um, I've worked with the Consent Workshop for like two years now. I don't know yeah two years now and um which is one of the most passionate people that i know and i couldn't be happier and prouder to do this episode Aww. with anyone else <laughs> so i'm really excited for this today's a really um good episode um before i get into any um our topic for today is um women's history month i wasn't able to put out an episode for like international women's day but this is for all of the women all over the world you are valid yes. you're important and not you shouldn't you shouldn't be made to feel less for anything so shout out especially to every, black women especially black women you're all beautiful you're amazing and you're valid most importantly um and our conversation for today is just it's um it's consent but it's consent in the sex industry or sex work um, and this is why we have Naraki today. This collaboration is with her. Um, yeah, but this is going to be more Uche's um, specialty. So I'm going to let her just, like, <laughs> take the wave. I'll be in the corner here just like in her talk. <laughs> so let's get it. Sure. Honestly, Naraki, I'm so glad you were here. Um, I, I would say like I've known of you for about, let me say, three, four years now. It started off on Twitter, but I didn't know like, but it was Twitter and then Instagram. Then when I went off Twitter completely, then Instagram. Then Instagram, we started to talk more. And I saw more of your personality. And I just absolutely loved it. I'm like, okay, like, 
this girl is free like and my that's my spec my women's spec women who just be who are themselves no matter what like anyone especially people who are labeled like as the other like those are people I tend to align myself with and I fuck with the most so like I just wanted to talk to you and it's just interesting I have so many questions and you know we can just start off I guess my first question is when was like the first time you like really got into sex work and like why what was like the like the pushing point you would say like okay you know what I'm ready to do this like when would you say that was the time before I answer your question, I want to say, like, I feel the same way about you, Chinelo. Like, I've known about you for years. Like, I've told you this. I actually don't know if I've ever told you this, but I've literally known about you for like 2014, 2013. Yeah, like, I had no clue. Yeah, no, you don't know, like. The, some of the stuff I did on Twitter was inspired by you. I don't know if that makes sense. I appreciate this. Yeah, I appreciate like this. in my head, that was the first time I ever saw some of the things ever on so like the things that you were doing and advocate at level of advocating. I never had seen that on a social platform like that. That was the first time I saw it. So for me, oh. that has like stuck. It's people me. like you that kept me going. Yeah, the that, like has always going. stuck through me. But it, I love it. I love the world. And like now, years later, here we are. Right. <laughs> Um, thank you. I appreciate your kind words. I appreciate that uh, people see it. Um, now that I've, because I've been getting that question a lot now, um, I don't think it was like just one, I think it was a buildup of things. I think for me, and I think I, I prefer it that way. I, I don't think that sex work is anything for at least women to rush into. Right. Just because as women, regardless of how free we are, we know that we live in a patriarchal society, you know, like, regardless of how we feel about ourselves, sex work is not something that you can do alone. It's literally dependent on, you know, other people, right? And you live in a world with other people who, and that world that we live in is a patriarchal world. So I think for me, it was a buildup of a lot of things. I think um, now that I think about it in hindsight, um, it's, I think I even, hmm, I think for me, the very first memories I have of it is like even when I would like talk to people online and and to me that wasn't sex work but I think that's part of the build-up like I, I would talk I would to say online. that it's still sex work like if you like online chat like that's the thing you see I, what I, like, mean? I mean I wasn't getting paid for it that's the problem though. right I oh I see what paid, you mean right. I okay yeah. so I think but but me being able to be comfortable with that was started there you know that, that like I would talk to people online like chat with people online like like the people I'm talking to are niggas who live in the U.S. and London like UK and I like like for the so I'm used to I think that was like my first introduction to like phone sex or like online sex you know things like that and I think for me that was a big part for me to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and I think I've just naturally always I think naturally even with my queerness and with other things that were quote unquote label. So like what do you identify as? So just just queer. I'm still okay. navigating the water. So okay. Queer. So what is like the right pronouns for you? Oh she her. I'm very she okay, her. She I'm very fan. You know, I've tried yeah, tapping in. I'm very you are I see you are me and all okay. of my partners are like I am like too fast. I don't like it sometimes. Sometimes I want to tap into my masculine energy. It's stressful. Um but what was I saying? Um yeah, I think for me, that was when I first, uh, yeah, but again, I think, again, then there's so many things that added up, like growing up, 
the naked female form wasn't sexualized. Like my mom right. used to walk around nude and like naked and, or like it just, right. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, that's, yeah. That's actually, that's so weird because that, that that's, that's not my like, you know, memory of like, you know, you have to cover her up like when you're working. Yeah, now my, my mom would just literally stay in parlor, just a wrapper. Mm-hmm. No, my mom, I mean, my mom would tell like a wrapper. Just wrapper or just underwear or if she if she's in her upstairs, like maybe she's not going downstairs, but she needs something for the living room and she's in her room. She's not going to bother herself to put on clothes. You know what I mean? Like, and the naked female form wasn't, um, being naked wasn't sexualized for me growing up. I think that was a big part of it. It was never, being naked was never sexualized. It was when I grew up and I realized people were sexualizing my nudity. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, um, I now started I guess getting it. My, I wanted to ask, like, how would you say, like, you crossed over from, like, the norm? Just doing it into, like, monetizing it. I like, think when somebody emailed me. Mm, what was somebody, the email? <laughs> somebody emailed me. Let me see if I can find it. Either. Yes, please put it up. I'm so mad. I wish see. that I had them still as a client because I feel like, damn. If you have, while you're like if, looking for that email, like I wanted to ask. So, like, I guess what makes sex work? Um, I guess called what we call it sex work is the transaction of like money. Like once finances are. Not necessarily finances. It could just be like exchanges for favor. Cause like sugaring is sex work. And like sugaring sometimes not exchange of cash. It could be gifts, it could be experiences. It could yeah. be too. I think it's a level of transaction yeah. and a level of consent, honestly. Right. Okay. I, that's why the conversation, that's why the flip argument that comes in, like, well, okay, like all relations are transactional, then you know. I know people have been having that conversation and I don't know. I feel a way, I feel my own ways about it, but it's literally was just this person who who emailed me. Cause I had on my Instagram, I had my email right on my Instagram. Like you know the contact. When was this? Was this like so how long have you been since then? Like when was this? Mm, This happened in um October. Yeah. But before I think I've always, this was the most official before mm. like I would date people and they would buy me gifts, you know, or right, see, right. You know, before it wasn't as explicit, but I think this was like the point where it got more explicit and they were like, just came across your Instagram. Wow. You look beautiful. Um, people always assume I live in the States. Let me okay. know what part of the States you're from. It'll be dope to fly and come chill with you sometimes. If you're um, in the state, that's even better. Let me know if you have a price for pics or videos or content or early fans and your cash app so I can send you something. Ooh, Random ooh, wow. email. Yeah. Random. <laughs> so we, again, before it was always like, you know, when you randomly post your 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 cash app or your your um yeah. PayPal, that's when it, it was always a random thing, but this was so right. explicit. Like right. He was literally you know, asking mm-hmm, exactly for that. Exactly asking for that. And um I didn't respond at first. I was nervous. And then I was like, so at this point, what I was doing was charging men for my time. Right. In terms of when, like at this point, before he had emailed me. So I think this is why I had a, because I'm going through the emails now and I'm seeing that I, I had a statement. Um, at this point, when men would DM me, because I was already at a place of like charge men for your time. It wasn't necessarily- right. 
sex work, but I'm, was this, I was, was this like a, like based of like some like philosophy that you just like, like, you know, I think as black femmes and, and trying to, to, to move more into womanism rather than feminism mm. and, and, you know, centering ourselves as black right. femmes. I felt like, especially in the summer of last year, I, I used to be engaged and like, I felt like in the summer of last year, that was when I broke that off and mm. I was in a season of me actually right. choosing me and picking myself. So and I remember I would even make little jokes when I was engaged, like, what would you do if I had an OnlyFans? So it was always there in the back of my mind, I think. Right. But so then at this point in the summer, I was at a place of I pay Black fans for their time, regardless. And, and, and I had met a mentor who was doing that, like, like they paid me. And, and then allowed me to pay the people out. And it was like a community, you know, and that right. was how I felt. So even when men would even hit me up, I would be like, they want to ask for my number or whatever. I would just send them my PayPal. I'd be like, oh, do you want my phone number? You send whatever you want. Because I need to know you're serious. I don't just give my number out to anyone. How many percentage um, of men actually pay? The- almost all. Most do. Lord have mercy. And, and this man will say they don't give out money. That's, the, that's what I'm telling their life. And the, let me tell you something right now. The le- Because they're men. This it's is even in the Bible, like actually you receive. Not uh, no, this is a trick. Up not because men don't like Because you don't <laughs> tell them what to pay. Because... So you don't know if you're lowballing yourself and men don't like coming off looking cheap. So what I would say would be like, here's my PayPal, send any amount you want, then I'll give you my phone or whatever. Then I'll respond after. And no one has ever sent anything less than a hundred dollars. Right. If you ever. send me $10, I'll block you. Do you get like no one like, has I'm ever because men also, when you do that, they don't want to, you know, like it's about, I won't lie. Yeah. So then, sorry, I do get sidetracked. So please. No, no, it's okay. So like, so your sex work, is it strictly online or just some physical aspects to it as well? You're muted. You're muted. It's the pandemic. Right, right. Okay. So how, (laughs) I guess my question is, how do you make sure that, you know, you're creating your boundaries with your clients, even online. Because online, you, there's a lot. Like, they can get pushy as well. So it doesn't even matter if it's going or not. No, people How do. How do you establish your boundaries? Um, I'm just, again, because I knew what I wanted. I think especially with sex work online, you can get carried away. Like, one person can ask you for something, and it can be a lot of money. And if you don't, just don't feel... Yeah, and I feel like if you don't feel comfortable with it, and that's why I said for me, I prof- I, I'm glad that I took the time before I did my only, like I set up a whole separate I bank account for my only event. Like, yeah, like I really took the time. Like before I went public, I had my account for at least a month or two months. Like I Was had there a reason everything. like you did that? Like the- I just wanted to, I didn't want to, because again, I'm a woman and I know I live in a patriarchal world, my body, even without being a sexual being is not respected. So if I'm going to be public, yes, with some very intimate parts of my body and, and they may not be as intimate to me as they are to the next person, but just because I know outside of me what this means in the society that I live in I have to take that caution and that care because unfortunately as a black femme no one else is going to do that work for me no one is going to protect me people are going to treat me the way I allow people to treat me and especially as a black femme most times 
we are even overlooked in the kindness department or the care department or the consideration department from other people. So right. I just have to be very careful. And I just felt like that was something I wanted to do. Like just have a separate bank account just for my own finances, for my own peace. And because I don't know where my OnlyFans is going to go. But at the end of the day, I am still another human being who lives and breathes and does other forms of work too in this world, right? So that was something that I really wanted to do. I was very intentional about. I didn't go public with it um, until probably like two months or a month after because I wanted a lot. And even now I'm still um, deciding what kind of content creator I wanna be on it. I think also with OnlyFans, um, people don't realize it's, it's really just what it is, only fans. You get to decide. They're fans of you. You get to decide whatever you put on there and do on there. Um, and I do do sex work on there, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of creativity for me. For me, it's a creative outlet. Um, and like what I learned on OnlyFans is that uh, once the, the, <laughs> the internet <laughs> thinks you're selling your pussy online, you can pretty much do anything else. <laughs> So it's given me a level of creative freedom of like before when I would do stuff and it's like, oh, should I post it? Can I put, you know, when that, that, like, I think we've all, we are all creatives to an extent here, you know, that like second guessing, but this has allowed me to free flow my art, free flow my creativity to really allow it to be a medium for so myself. experience on OnlyFans has been majority positive, basically. Oh, Yes. I think so. I would say very positive. Um, I've been very um, realistic. I did a lot of research. Okay, I think like maybe we should set a explain how OnlyFans work for people who might not understand. <laughs> We that's the please. thing though okay. with OnlyFans there, I don't think there's one way I think that's why there's not been a one okay how does it work ever. for you like how for do you me? use it yeah for um you. I use it um okay so should I do it as like if you subscribe what you would see yeah like, like yeah okay. yeah so say you subscribe to my OnlyFans um I, I have things on my feed um and I have, you will get like a subscription message, you know, saying a lot of things <laughs> to probably arouse you. And, um, and I have like um, pictures with that message. I'm, I have like um, pictures with that message too. Um, you can purchase those pictures or like maybe some adding. Yeah, it's like a package. <laughs> literally, I have literally, thank you. That's literally what I had to explain to someone the other day. It is a welcome package, pretty much. So there's a welcome package when you come in. And then um, on my timeline is like little teasers of pictures or videos, or like if I have a picture, it may be covered or not. You know, it can, I have censored and uncensored content. Um, sometimes uh, the more uncensored content on the timeline will be like, oh, a tip. Like, for this, uh, send this much tip for this. There's so. Are many you things. able to interact live with? Yes, I was about to say you can go live. You can actually go live. I've personally never gone live yet, just because mm-hmm. I still want to get a feel of my fans and uh, the that kind of things they want. Um, but you definitely can go live. Um, and I think while you go live, you can people can tip you, kind of like you know when um, people go live on like. Pornhub or X hamster or like yeah so I think that's how it is just you own it right um and again I 
like I know there's women on OnlyFans or there's people on OnlyFans who don't even do sex work. That's what I think the beauty of OnlyFans too is you, that's why I love it because even though the majority of people use it for sex work, it, um, it's what you make it. So I think that's where like the consent comes in because again, uh, it's exclusivity. You create your own exclusivity. That's also how I see it. And uh, people are paying to see more of you. And, and again, I think that's why it connected to my mindset of like paying me for my time and my energy, because that's how I see it too. People are paying to see more um, uh, of you and from you. However, you still get to decide because they're seeing you. So you're getting to decide what that you is. And um, to me, like I've had sometimes like people like say, be kind of, I've not had like outright rudeness. I'll be honest. I've probably had more rudeness in my Instagram DMs <laughs> like than I've actually had on my OnlyFans. I'll be honest. And I think um, I was having this conversation with my friend. I think it comes from like, you're not rude to your plumber or you're not rude to your technician because you know you're paying for a service. So there's actually a level of respect that comes with it. I That's found. the thing. I have friends who are on, um, I don't know, like used to be on live, like webcam sites. Mm-hmm. And I do know that the men on there are mostly respectful. They're so respectful. Like, like they tip so well. I don't know if it's because they pay for it. Like if anything, like, I don't know, there's just, there's a level of respect. It's just very there few is The few assholes are not people who are frequent, like, customers. To the exactly. Are people who I wanted to. Aren't. I wanted to say something, because I feel like now we're, we're on, like, the talk of, like, consent. I was hoping maybe we could just, like, define that a little bit. But one of the things that I've realized is... Like I was, I was having a conversation. I was like, I want to have a conversation about like sex um, consent and like sex work, and there's like a lot of like frowns on like people face because people are just like consent and like sex work, and you know my question to them was really like, why do you think they kind of be consent in um, sex work? And it was just like, well, I mean, a lot majority of their reasons was because oh well it's transactional i've paid you for something so like do i still need to ask you to do stuff like do you still need to give me like a yes and no answer um and it was so weird to me because i was just like it's the fact the first things i i determined wrong was the fact that you only thought like consent was just like a yes or no scenario and you asking me a question but not trying to assess how I am in that situation and like my response to things um but also just weird that you think that just because I'm providing you a service you can do whatever you want with me because you've paid for my time so I I went I don't know if that's I don't like I think you've had like a really so far you said you have like a really good um experience but like, I just wanted us to have like that general like conversations. Like, what about oh, um, people who also just like do sex work in the physical and then get violated? But people, no one talks about it because, um, well, I paid, I paid you for sex and I want my sex. I think that's a big uh, part of it. I think if I'm being honest, that's partially why most of my sex work is online because I think. Um, but I, I do. I'm really, I have a close friend who um, is a sugar baby. I have two actually. I have, I have a few other sex worker friends. Um, one does pole uh, and um, two are sugar babies. And um, with, even with them, it's the same. I think 
the men, let me be honest, I think actually the men who are paying for these services are not the same men who are making those statements. I think that's what it is. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I like in terms of, but however, you're right. I, there, I think, um, hmm, I think class plays a role into, in privilege. In, I think class plays a role into the level of privilege you may have as a sex worker. Maybe that makes sense. I don't think that um, my experience would be synonymous with somebody who maybe has only known sex work through different ways or lens, or maybe it's only a means of survival, or if they were trans, femme, like there's, I think different levels of intersectionality. Um, I think that I'm privileged enough to have a safe and fun experience. I don't think that's everybody's um, experience with sex work. However, for me, I think even with the online work, I think a big reason why if, I will say this sex workers, to sex workers, if you have the autonomy, um, really choose and ask yourself why you want to do it. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I, I'm not here to speak on other people's because so my sex- I see what you mean. What would you- yeah say are you know some of the things that we can make sure sex workers are safe like what are the ways we can make sure they are safe for me, you I know I've so. talked about like we can also even get into criminalization legalizing it like what is what do you think is the best I think I that is world. that is my to me in my understanding I think that is the biggest I mean the fact like if, if we want to say yes, something right here, right now, I think it would be um, decriminalizing. I don't understand why you're going to decriminalize. Like, like, it doesn't make sense because that is even why till this day, so many um, girls who are trafficked don't come out because they have done things under the influence of whoever they're around or the fact that they're literally scared and they're trafficked, they have done things that would be criminalized. Yeah. And literally, and, and, and then, but then we want to, you know, say stop human trafficking, but you're literally preventing the people who could be witnesses, people who, who, who are literally like have case, like, you know what I mean? Like people who are victims you're stopping them from even being able to come in. And, and I don't think people realize how messed up these systems really are. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, for me, I think that's the biggest one. Like even with um, the censorship, I think of, of, of um, sex workers, especially online sex workers, like, like let's be real. I, I, and I think with um, Instagram, we, like Instagram likes to pretend like, no, people see titties. What they what did is that to Rihanna? I think. Yeah. A of you, oh, oh, thank you for saying that. You just gave me. I think she left from like for like a couple Yo, of years. Yo, Chinelo, thank you so much for saying that because as a kid, I was as as not a kid. I think I was a, a, a young adult or a teenager when that happened. I didn't understand. I remember so vividly. Thank you so much, Chinelo, because I think people forget. I think that was the first time that I had seen 
such blatant censorship. censorship. Yeah. yeah, of a woman's body. Thank you so much because I always remember because every time people people talk about how Rihanna used to be, I, I always remember that. I said like, that's even when she stopped right. fucking with socials. Yeah. After that, I remember that because I remember. I know. I the irony is, I remember I tried to post that on my story, the picture on my old Instagram, and Instagram took it down. <laughs> yeah. I think the funniest thing I find about mm-hmm. um just patriarchy and the way they treat sex work is that sex work has always existed. Sex work will always exist. And it's just, yeah, I think the censorship is sex a work. It's like. You can't fight something that's literally going to always exist. Um, if, if, like, there's an argument that yeah, like women are forced to go into sex work for you know because society hasn't created a safe space where they can get all their opportunities, got it. But at the same time, men know and understand that they've created this occupation. Market. Like the crazy market, you know, they need yes. it, they consume the it. Market. Uh, how would like and I think that's what people are so shocked about. People like to pretend when they have these conversations. But at the end of the day, sex workers are getting paid. Yeah. Who's paying them? Men. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, it's funny <laughs> that you say that because the whole um um history of like sex work was literally men paying women to have sex with them. But I think the biggest um like outrage was because women decided to own it women decided to say i'm gonna own my body i'm gonna own like what i do for work and since you're already sexualizing me for money i'm gonna take advantage of my sexuality and get paid for it and then it becomes an outrage like oh my god stuff like that and it's like but you created the system and the only thing that upsets you now is they've decided to say well i want the system to work to my own advantage and you're upset you see, that's why, if I'm being honest, I need women to understand that um, <laughs> we're femmes and not like, <laughs> I don't I don't know how I'll say it, like men on the average, because I know some people say not all men, <laughs> most men, they do not consider us as equals. And I think we've said that so much that that has become yep. like a buzzword. But what does that mean? We are, they do, they do not consider, I don't even say think, I say consider. It does not even un, involuntarily come up to them for them to eat. All these things we're chatting about here. <laughs> to them, they, they, when they look at women, should be they don't that was it's property it is right. ownership it is not who is this individual it is how can this individual add to me men are not and i think women need to understand especially black women black femmes we are the backbone of the black community we want to to be there for black men are they there for us? Right. <laughs> no. And I think for, because I speak specifically to Black femmes and uh, Black non-binary folk um, and uh, Black queer people. 
um, that's what I'm here for. That's where a lot of my work, if anyone else from any other group picks on, great, but I'm not here for them. Um, but for Black Femmes, I think a big way, and outside of sex work, because not everyone is a sex worker, right? Just in now terms of consent and respect between men in our bodies, um, they, they don't actually care. I like, they don't actually care. Um, people think, and another shocking thing, side note, people think that the worst part I find about people's response to this form of radical speech, especially from men is, oh, I'm sorry, you've been abused, blah, blah, blah. I thank all the divinities and God and that I've not been abused. I'm so grateful that maybe that's my experience that I've not actually been abused. I don't have to be abused to understand and to sympathize and to actually understand the actual levels of danger that men can pose to our bodies and to us as femmes wanting freedom from the patriarchy. They can get violent because us being submissive to whatever tales the patriarchy sells us benefits them. Like, think of it like capitalism. Let's be real. We're all chilling, but there's people in China who are Bennett, like for the most part, who are living off of people in Ecuador, in Africa, Asia, South America, who are living way, way, way below a living point, just so from in the first world country, we can have norms, just norms, not even expensive things, just norms. We benefit off of that. So at the same way capitalism works, that's how I see the patriarchy, especially as black femmes, in capitalism, in the patriarchy, we are put at the bottom of the totem pole. So we have to, I don't want to speak to men because they need to go figure it out themselves. We really have to, I think for ourselves in terms of creating safety for ourselves, I don't, I think it's a hard conversation because I don't want us to feel like it's our responsibility. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I see the truth in what you're saying because um, statistics, even the sexual abuse, black women are, you know, the most crazy. When, you know, black women are violated, we are the least to report the cases. You know, there's this fact that I that I always specifically use in all my grant applications because that's how I actually deals with like like our specific audience here is like black diaspora and community and you know i always can you guys hear me yeah and i always argue that um a little bit but oh yeah i was saying that it's interesting what she was saying because the correlation between everything she's saying shows why black people don't report there's this particular statistic that i use in my applications here because concept workshop works mostly with Black diaspora communities in Canada, like that's how I like target. They need the stats for and yeah, yeah. And the stats show that you know, if Black women are like abused, like whether if they're just Black, you know, it doesn't matter whether they're born in Canada, or outside Canada, or they're work from whatever the case may be, they most likely will not report the case to the police, as opposed to any a other person race. who is not Black would probably yeah. take to the police, like regardless. I mean, even if the person was born and raised Canadian and knows the rules, they knows will... how things work, they will still not go because there's this, you know, there's a lot of reasons. There's one, you don't want to be the person that sends a Black man to jail. 
you know, you want no, to. No, but where does that come from? Black man. So, Chinelo, sorry so, to interrupt. No, it's okay. So it, it just makes sense what yeah. you're saying. The advice makes sense because because where to me, I now because where does that now come from? I want I I want to break it down because I got so sad thinking about this because I know there's so many black women who are just subjecting. Yeah, but but to me, like, why is the the response on the the responsibility of the black women or the black femme? To, to uphold the black culture. Right. Why? Why? Because black men, all they've done with it is sell our culture for anything. Sell it to, to, to the highest bidder and allow vultures in our spaces. Black men are the worst gatekeepers of our culture. But then Whenever a black woman has decided to own her own body or even date outside of her race or choose things that choose herself, fool. Don't you see? No, no, no. Sorry. I'm just thinking. So the black to me, that sends a message that the black community only works when the black woman doesn't live for herself. She sacrifices herself. Yeah. I was just reading, I was reading like um Oh no, I was reading an article and they're talking about like at least 50% of sexual violence cases or sexual assault are perpetrated against sex workers and they're done by men who are in power. So like the police people who um, pick them up and it, um, out of that 50%, like 45% um, of this violence perpetrated against black women, um, black trans women, um, and it's done. It's done so because um, just historically, any type of violence is just being given to black women is never recognized um, because we're deemed the stronger version versus white women. So we get to suffer more, and no one talks about it. No one cares because why should you give a fuck about someone, a woman who's black and obviously an, um, a sex worker? So it was. It was. It was really, really. Um, it was it was very um, painful to read um, to see how these women get picked up and um, then they get violated by not just the men are in the environment but men who also pick them up and how um, you know the saying is just like why should you even give them any respect they do sex work already um, so if they want to get violated like it is totally all right and it's just like what does that say about you as a person who's perpetrating this and you who's gone out of your way to also pay for sex or think well i mean you're a sex worker but you're ready to rape a sex worker so um it was it was a very um it was something like that really just like stuck with me there has to be more conversations about you know consent in sex work i think this that's what just highlights for me because i thought we just dismiss it or they just think it's existence it's not necessary yeah, like why should you? Know, why should like you there's a sort of consensus and there's like a whole, almost like a change of narrative that has to be done in terms of when we come with, talk yeah, about sex work. Even by sex see. workers, even the way sex workers talk about sex work, like there has to be more emphasis on consent, on establishing boundaries, I, both physical, yeah. online, triggering. Um, because one one aspect of it's not even sex work, sex that gets consent extremely well is BDSM. I put it down in my notes because BDSM works on consent. It works on you guys having you know, a level of comfort, you know, having your cutoff point, like words to say that you're done, like things like that. So if that, you know, almost like condition is taken to say, like it would be a different conversation. Like it's just, 
it should be different. It's 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 annoying. It's annoying and it's also sad because the lack of consent conversations in sex work is why, like you said earlier, things like sex trafficking, you know, people get away with it because you're not considering what lack of consent looks like in sex work. Because to you, it's irrelevant. I think porn. Uh, I think porn plays a yeah, big porn, role. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. And um, even with like porn with without safe sex, like like I don't know if that makes sense. Like a lot of porn is it doesn't include safe sex. You know, it, yeah, doesn't, it doesn't include yeah. And I think that's a big part of it also. Um, in porn, you don't there's like the irony, even if somebody is someone who watches the whole scene, you know, you'll watch the scene, you'll watch how they met up, you'll watch how they talk, but they're not even including a consent scene. Like they're like, like, like it's wild to me. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm very grateful to have partners who really understand or on the same level as me with these topics. So it, you're my partner every time we have sex every way along the way this person is asking me for consent and it's so wild that the sex I'm having in real life that is not what is being projected and the problem is also um I think a big part of it is um the way even people talk about sex um I said your name right right sweetie yeah 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 you were saying about um, how people's views, like even the people who can pick up these sex workers and treat them. And, and I see that as like, like, what does that say about how that person even views sex? Like right. itself, like, like I would even be scared to be a, a loving partner for that person because how do they view sex? Like, I think that's where the core for me, that's the core is that, I don't think they would have a healthy relationship with sex. Even if there's someone that in their personal life, everyone like that, um, they're nice. Like, you know, even if that's how they treat people that they have sex in their personal life, but if they can do that to a sex worker, it still is attached to their views of sex and power and, um, abuse honestly and and what is and isn't um applicable or allowed almost um and i no i was just gonna add to that like you just you made like a very really like good point because um like some of the conversations that i hear and especially like during the wave of um the whole dangote and uh what's that lady's name that happened and you know there was a really big conversation of like you know, sex work and the sugar baby industry. But there was something that she was saying that really stuck out to me. She was saying, this men go to um, sex workers because they want to have a certain um, type of sex. I didn't, I, I, I didn't see well with my spirit. I don't like that because I was like, what do you mean? So then, but it just took me back to a lot of like, if you look at the scandals of like powerful men who got into like trouble and stuff like that when it came to like, them going to sex workers um and then when you could look at the details of what type of like like what that situation looks like you see that a lot of them says well I was doing for them a lot of things that their wife quote-unquote wasn't doing for them like um exploring all the areas of like you know sex and um you know BDSM and stuff like that and it was just like 
so I, I see it in a way that, so you're saying that your wife is in, I don't know, like shouldn't do all this stuff, but you think someone else should do it. It's, it's very, it's like a very demeaning like factor, basically like, oh, because you are in this type of work, you should be okay to do all of this nasty with me, but not my wife because she's on a higher pedestal versus you. And I just didn't like that. I was like, I, like, I don't think I would. Even that, I think even that is so wild because even that, I now hear that and I'm like, it's still men trying to put women, like like as if we're little dolls. Like, you know what I mean? Like on a show, like, like it's still men not seeing us for who we are and what we want in life because who's to say his wife wouldn't even be down for that who's to say his partner wouldn't even be down for that if he was able to have a healthy and open conversation but because he's a then in that situation that you brought or um seeing women as again how they can serve him he's seeing his wife through one lens and he wants to keep that image I don't know if that makes sense and then seeing a sex worker in another lens right and wants to keep that image like I don't know if that's making sense and then just trying and then that's why I feel like that separation comes from because I understand why people get into sex work like I I do not fetish shame whatsoever like that's not in my line of business or work um I mean I, I mean I understand why people buy from sex workers and and get services from sex workers. Um, but for the most part, I do feel like a, a big part of it comes from, especially when you get into like uh, clients with fetishes, comes from a lack of having uh, healthy conversations or around sex. I don't think I find for most people, it comes from, uh, and I'm not saying people with fetishes, I'm saying that people who have shame around it, Sorry, I'm not saying that people with fetishes or people who get into sex work um, are have unhealthy relationships with sex. No, I'm saying that the people who now find shame around it, um, uh, I think, or comes from a place of a lack of a healthy relationship with sex and concepts around sex and consent. Um, for the most part, especially within the Black community, a lot of people in the I find a lot of the way that Black parents raise is kind of like sex is taboo. Um, sex is around us. Let's be real. Like, like, like as a culture, we are very uh, quote unquote sexual based on the, the society's term of sexual, you know, like sex is very much around us. I think even as Black people um, in the Black diaspora, even if it's in, I, um, like I'm Nigerian. Um, you're, are you Nigerian, sweetie? Yeah, I'm Nigerian. Yeah, so we're all Nigerian, Nigerian here. Yeah, we're Nigerian. Yeah, all Nigerian. Yeah, so I'm saying like even in in uh the most traditional, because we know our country likes to pretend. <laughs> oh, <for laughs> like sure. <there's> things. <laughs> but I think uh, let's not lie. Like even in church, even in the most traditional senses, like sex is a topic. Like like in Nigerian churches, they'll be preaching fruitful, like they preach marriage because, you know what I mean? Things like that, like sex, that level of sex, it's always, I feel like even in traditional play um, aspects, sex is always around us, especially as Black people. It's in the music we listen to. We as Black people see ourselves in media constantly sexualized, like even if it's a family movie, 
you know, for black people, let's not act like there's not going to be this Jezebel trope that will be not be in the movie. You know what I mean? Like we're like, so we see images of ourselves, especially as black women and black femmes constantly sexualized. I think even from childhood, um, as black femmes, as black women, we are sexualized even from childhood to ourselves. But the problem is nobody's having those conversations with us. Nobody's having those conversations with the men who are sexualizing us. Nobody's having those conversations with the boys who are sexualizing us. Nobody's having those conversations with us who are being sexualized. Then we now enter this world of without any tools to navigate it whatsoever. And, 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 and we, unfortunately, the problem is even our abusers don't have tools they don't fucking understand consent clearly you know they like our oppressors don't have the tools either because nobody I, the, the conversation around sex was that it's a fucking all-you-can-eat buffet for them so that's not the right tools because that's why they now see us as property or see us as something that is satisfying them because that's also the conversation that they ever had around sex is is, is that they can just take 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 that we are here to serve them that's how most times heteronormative sex goes. And, 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 and then as women, we're now, we're not even, we're not e- like, we're not even told that we are actually sexual beings independent of men. Do you know how crazy that is? We're not even told that our sexuality can be separate and outside of pleasing a man. Like I think as, as femmes, especially as women, we have to unlearn that and unlearn and find what, what, what we find pleasuring, what we like, but that doesn't come naturally because I think once we get into sex, it, it becomes this dynamic of how are we pleasing this other person? It can be in relationships. It can be in sex work. It can be all around. I think, especially once there's that dynamic of men and women, or even men, I know this is in the gay community, even top and bottom, you know, like just that dominant figure. And that's why I think BDSM allows for that level of consent and allows for that communication that's not normally there. Because I think what is normally there is just people without the right tools and understanding of consent coming together and engaging in something that they don't even have the right understanding and, 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 and tools to navigate it properly. And um, I think especially for us as Black women and Black femmes, it's, um, I think we, we just need to keep doing what we're doing in terms of choosing ourselves. And, and, but we need to stop pretending as if children do not understand what sex is. I think when you talk to most men, Black men, it's kind of scary for me. I'll be honest. I... I'm very grateful. I think I've had a great relationship with sex because I I never, I I always tell people I did adult things as an adult and I did kid things as a kid. Um, I didn't even- Very I, lucky. Yeah, I, yeah, and I know that's, that's a, a privilege. That's, very, that's a privilege. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Chief. Because I know when I, I did, exactly. I did adult things as an adult. I never, I didn't even engage I had my first kiss at 16 and then my next kiss at 17 after, and then I was in university. Kiss, so kiss. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't explore any of that stuff until I was well an adult, like I was at least past 18. 
Um, and I know that I think, especially in the black community, thank you Chino for saying that's very lucky. I know that that's actually a privilege. I wish that for so many of my peers and my friends, because I know that that has been a factor as to people not understanding consent and people not having self-health. I, do you think like, um, like porn culture is like really, really harmful to us, to us as a society and especially how we see sex work? Oh, me? Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it's harmful. Well, first of all, it creates unrealistic expectations, you know. And then we know that a lot of human trafficking is for porn. A lot of sex trafficking is for porn. There's actually stats out there to support that. Like, literally, like, the people that, you know, they traffic, they force them to make videos, um, I've read horrific stories about child porn on Pornhub. So like that's that. And then Dami or Narakiri actually mentioned that nobody talks about safe sex or consent in porn. I actually realized that till she mentioned it. That's true. Nobody actually necessarily say, Oh, yeah. do I have my consent in porn? So that's another issue as well. Yeah, like I was I was talking to someone about how like um, we have such a very hypersexual um, um, culture, and it's it's horrible it's it's horrible to see because it's just like there's a lot of people who are having so much sex, but there's not the conversation of sex mm-hmm. and the education of sex. And us just even being Nigerian, I don't know about you, but my own experience was like it was never spoken of in the household. Yeah, like, it's literally, you're supposed to do that once you get to like your marital home. But you had kids watching sex before the age of like 10 like i have i talk to boys like about how like their first experience with any like um explicit content or sexual content was like before the ages of like 10 like they had like a pornographic magazine just like running right. around and next thing they're like they're aroused and then they're watching like a, a whole um just imagine being young and then just watching the like going to point up and seeing all types of like you know sex, sex. Yeah. and there was no education of how that should be had and how how to have it you know then i think dami made such a really really good point about how like there's no safe sex or consent in porn and this is one of the reasons why i always just avoid that whole industry as a whole because you go in there it's just like oh a man's having sex with like a child and or like there's no like boundaries there's no line that oh this has been crossed it's just put out there for people to just see and then people were surprised or confused why there's so much um talk about like sexual abuse sexual violence and you know a very hypersexual like culture like what did you expect you know um so i think yes. there's so much work there's so much, so much work that needs to be done in that industry as a whole. Abuse definitely falls hypersexualization. Because I feel like most abuse victims end up being extremely hypersexualized. Not even feel like actually those are facts. Me and Lucia just talked about how like there's so much work that has to be done um, in the porn industry. Like you made a very valid point about how like you know the porn industry doesn't have like 
like videos and stuff there's no safe sex there's no consent and stuff like that and this really translates into like society because whether we want to admit it or not a lot of people are consuming a lot of like sexual content and people are having sex so um we we definitely need to start I guess first of all I think one of the things I think we need to do is really just destigmatize how we see sex work and the sex industry first of all I think that's really really one of the very big things that we need to see because I think I think and it's just a, a lot of people still have that um you know ideas in their hand that women who are in that work are valued less like someone was thinking about how like it's international women's month and international women's day and everyone's celebrating like like strong women like you know Kamala Harris and stuff like that but what about the women in in your sex work they're valued as well you know and I was like that's true we never see people celebrate any of these people it's always like the you know the big runners the ones who look like what you think um um you know how women should be that we're appreciated when it's just like women should be appreciated I feel like it's crazy like I like my parents are pastors like I lived in the church I was engaged to a youth leader like I've been quote unquote did you say engaged not engaged Girl, you have to unpack that. Maybe in another episode. In another day. Yeah. (laughs) You have to unpack that. (laughs) Um, but um, so I feel like I've been there. And especially as Nigerians, like Yawumi, like that's heights. You're somebody's bride. That's the heights. I felt like I was there and I wasn't happy. Like it's not real. It's just other people deciding things for you. I don't know. Cause I get that. Like I was there. My parents are pastors. I've sung in the church. I've preached in the church. I've done it all. And um, if that's just not what you want to do, it'll never be enough for you. I think. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I think especially as black women, especially as Nigerian women, especially with Christianity. I don't know about um Islam because I'm not a uh, Muslim, but um. Especially with Christianity, I feel like there's a lot of that. That's where it even comes from. Even like, like even with white people, like white people love conservative, like they love it. Like it's not even just us. Like I feel like we learned that from them. Like all of that conservative energy and like Christian, you know. So even when you're there, I feel like if that's not what you really want for yourself, and if you're doing it for other people, it's not good. It's not enough. You're just another cage. You're actually in another cage. You're in another uh, bubble of other people's perceptions affecting your daily movements. It's just a different one. Someone can be in a blue one. Someone can be in a pink one. But you're still in a cage, I feel. I, I wasn't happy and I was trying to communicate that to people around me. I didn't feel like anyone was listening because everyone was so obsessed with the fact I was gonna get married. Like, oh my God, Wild Dammy is getting married. Oh, sorry, I said my name. <laughs> But um, yeah, like I'm getting married. Like everyone's just so hype. And it made me so sad that my value in society automatically went up just because a man wanted to be with me. That was, that was, yeah, that was pretty much what it was. <laughs> and that, that was crazy. And then the minute I said I didn't want to be with him, oh, you know, I must have done him wrong. What did I do wrong? Blah, 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 blah. blah. Like, damn, what if I just don't want, what if I just said, I don't want to be with him. Damn, like, I don't get a choice, (laughs) you know? And that's when I really realized how much, even in 
some of our most safe spaces, we may not realize how much people really view outside of ourselves because we know ourselves and we value ourselves we're humans but um i feel like we don't realize how much other people especially i think as nigerian women black uh, african women our value is not based on anything that we do in this life it's just based on the kind of men that find us desirable or want to respect us i feel that <laughs> And it, it, it's the hard pill to swallow, but that's when I started saying, okay, the fuck y'all. <laughs> you guys aren't gonna take care of me. I'm gonna take care of myself. That's when I started realizing. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, mm, sorry, sweetie, yeah. Oh no, I was just gonna say that we're gonna wrap up soon, um, but I did have like a few questions. Like um, I, I, cause, I want you to just kind of like let us know how you, you know, what you add to like creating like a consent culture in the type of work that you do, but also just like leaving here and once people leave, uh, listen to this episode, like what do you want people to take from that about sex work and, um, you know, some people still think that like a sex work empowerment for women or it still maybe is a sort of uh, sort of oppression and stuff like that. Like, so like, what would you want to change about that narrative and how would you want people to view sex work from your own uh, perspective? Uh, can you say the first question again? Oh, the first really question is just like, how do, like uh, in your line of work now, how do you um, advise you to creating like a consent yeah. culture? I am very much of the belief outside of sex work even. Um, I'm very much of the belief of like boundaries and making those boundaries known, even in my friendships, my relationships. Um, um, I'm very clear. And that's why I think I was trying to say at the beginning, if I didn't say it earlier, I'm so sorry, but I was trying to say is that um, I think sex workers need to take that time to ask themselves what they actually wanna do, what they wanna put out there and what they wanna present because once you've taken that time, I think that's where it, it can start in my, in, in the things that I've seen, I think that that's where it can start is sex workers, if they have that privilege, I know not all do some work under pimps, some work under people who don't have their um, best interest at heart. But I will say that um, for sex workers who may have that autonomy that get to decide what ways they want to, I think they need to take a step, step back, really ask themselves what kind of sex worker they want to be. There's so many different kinds. Ask, like, make those boundaries for themselves on their own time outside of anything else. So it's like you are creating that foundation. You're creating that for yourself. And then when you're now presenting yourself or marketing yourself almost, um, you're, you're also able to have standards. So anybody who's trying to cross that standards, you can tell, okay, this person is not consenting to what I'm putting out there. And you can be very clear that this is, I do not do this. Cause I think maybe sometimes with sex work, um, people get into sex work for so many different reasons and I'm not here to judge. I think, do you use your body? I have no say over what somebody else wants to do with their body. However, I do think that for sex workers, um, on this end of the conversation as a sex worker, 
um, if you do have the autonomy and the power to, to decide what your sex work is going to be, take the time to truly ask yourself what you want to be and stick to that. And that way, um, that way, anyone that's trying to do something else or be disrespectful, you just know that this person is not my audience. This person is not the person that I even want to reach to. I don't even want this person's money because um, you need to understand that they, they want you. But like I said earlier, you get to decide what that you is and you should be comfortable with that. And I think um, on, on the side of sex workers, that helps facilitate a conversation about consent because they will know really quickly that if they're being disrespectful in any way, even if it's a very um, um, implicit lack of consent, they will just know, no, this space is not for you. We, we cannot service you here. I think as, especially as sex workers, we understand that we provide a service. We can retract that service. We can. That is we can retract that. Yes. yes. We, yeah. We can retract that service um, I, I, to the levels, again, to the levels that they can. That's why I keep saying if, if you do or if you have a level of autonomy over your services, please take ownership over them. I think that sometimes with sex workers, again, maybe sometimes you can get caught up with the money or what people are asking you to do, but it's, and I think maybe doing it for the money is not the best way because just anyone can have money. Somebody who doesn't have any intention of respecting you can have money, you know what I mean? But I think the beauty with understanding that anyone can have money is also somebody who does have the intention of respecting you can have money. I think speaking to other sex workers and from this side, I think that's what we need to own to that there is a market for who you already are and what you already have. You do not need to cross your own boundaries. There is girls who feel comfortable with, like, and then that's what I've understood is that it's, it's a, there's a market for you and you don't need to cross, like expand yourself or make yourself uncomfortable to reach another market because there's girls who feel very, or there's other sex workers who feel very comfortable providing what maybe what that person is asking you to do, you don't feel comfortable with. Let them go. Not every money is good money, you know? And then that's something, I'm, word, yeah, word. yeah, like that's Next something I hold on to. Yeah, as a sex worker, not every money is good money. So again, like this, going back to what I was saying at the beginning, as much as I'm free and I, I would love to live in a world where people do not sexualize me outside of my own will, I know that's not the, the reality. And if I'm going to put that out there um, for now, and, and it's a harsh pill, it's a hard pill to swallow as a black femme, I have to do that for myself. And, 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 and not saying that no one else can do that for me, but it's when I set that standard for myself, that's when other people will meet me there. And I think that goes for relationships. I think that goes for consent um, with as sex workers or as just people having sex with other people. Um, it's just being clear and communicating your boundaries and not being afraid that they won't want you. If somebody doesn't want you anymore, doesn't want to engage with you anymore, just because you're saying what you are and are not comfortable with, you have no business around that person. I think that's how we need to see it also. Because again, I'm not speaking to men. I'm not here to educate men or, or, or oppressors. Um, I'm just saying what we can do as women or as femmes in our own time. 
to make ourselves feel more safe and, and uh, engage in those. Um, what is your other question, sweetie? I do go on around. No, sorry, so just, uh, basically, <laughs> it was just, um, since we're coming to an end, like, what do you want people to take from this? And I think you kind of just already answered it in like your own words okay. about how you want people to see sex work, um, but also how to just like let people who are in sex work know that they're valid. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. Sex workers are beautiful. They're gems. You guys are more, you're, we're, you are the demand, supply and demand. You are the demand. You get to decide. Um, people who... To me, I see people who are weird about that stuff. Again, going back to what I said earlier is like, I'm concerned about how they as people see sex. And uh, even if I wasn't a sex worker, but I saw a guy treating a sex worker some way, bro, I don't want to date you. You're That's scary. That's weird, you know? So just watching even the kind of men that were around, I think especially as Black fans and, and as Black women, just because he doesn't treat you that way, understand that that he's still capable of doing that. And if you're with that person, that's what you're choosing to be with, that level of capability too. And you don't know how other ways it can transcend. I don't know if that makes sense. Right. Um, Yeah, but yeah, sex workers are people. We're just chilling, bro. Everyone has sex. You're here because two people had sex or at least the sperm and an egg came together. Sex is, is normal. You know, <laughs> we're all here. So, um, yeah, with sex work, I find that there is more consent, though. I think whenever, I think the way it's going with OnlyFans, with digital and online sex work, there's more consent on the sex worker. There's more autonomy and power on the sex worker that I think the sex industry hasn't seen before, if I'm being honest. That's also why um, I'm very much promoting as sex workers having that autonomy for yourself, because you are you're the, the treasure you're the demand so yeah. thank you thank you so much <laughs> thank you Nairik. so much thank you for this coming. is super um, enlightening yeah um i don't know what's wrong with you today she's supposed to be the hype woman of this episode I'm so sick. girl so everyone who's listening this is not the chase normal anymore she's just sick so we're gonna hope that she comes back um <laughs> strong and energetic next week but thank you naira kitty um I'm going to put all of Narakiri's like, you know, information um, in my um, podcast information. Put in her OnlyFans. Her OnlyFans. Go and support Black women, please. You know, pay for her today. She's doing great work. Um, but y'all know the shebang, you know, the spill. Um, um, like I said, like my next few episodes is going to be in collaboration with the Consent Workshop. Um, we're going to be talking consent um, in all spaces. And this was just the very beginning of it. And so please, please, please tune in. Um, and yeah, I'm on Apple. I'm on Spotify. Follow me. Check out my Instagram and follow me on there as well. But if you have questions or emails or just any thoughts in general, opinions, please feel free to email me or send it to me or send it to my Instagram. I will gladly go through them. And um, yeah, with that being said, thank you again, Uche. Thank you again, Nara Kitty. And thank uh, you guys so thank you, much. Uche, thank you. You know I love your energy and I'm grateful. Thank you. It's dead today. <laughs> oh, that's okay. And, and I think that... Um,